Hey guys, this is Dagon123, and welcome to... TAGONCAST! Hello everyone and welcome to the next exciting episode of TenchiCast, presented by TenchiForum.com. What started out as a parody of the explosion in the magical girl genre would end up being one of its biggest assets in the 1990s. To anime fans, Sailor Moon is often the first magical girl to come to mind, but to Tenchi fans, that is none other than our very own magical girl, Pretty Sammy. Today with me I have a fantastic cast. Chuck. Hello, everybody. Pi. Hey, folks. Makoto. Yo. And Shadows. How's it going, everyone? Even though the Pretty Semi Universe has many of the same characters, not everything is the same from Tenshi. Some things change a little, some in a drastic way. How did some of these things make you feel when watching the show coming from Tenshi? The bigger thing that sticks out to me the most about the changes. It's sort of like the, the family dynamic, and it's strange because in the various continuities of Pretty Sammy, there, there are minor differences, but for the most part, it's been transposed from like sort of a grand space opera scale down toward the high school level, and I think that's where most of the change comes from. The characters still sort of behave like, they, like, like they're supposed to. But it's 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 a bit strange to see them in a in like a high school drama sort of sort of setting. As for how drastic it was, it wasn't really. I think it's it's mainly more over the top acting, if anything. I've always sort of uh, held Pretty Sammy in all of its incarnations out to be half a parody of Magical Girl and half a fun little outing in the Tenshi universe. And it's sort of like a happy combination between those two. And that's where all the that's where all the fun comes in because it's it's the characters we all know and love from Tenshi, but they're in goofy settings and wearing goofy outfits, and so that's that's where the changes come into play as far as 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 I go when I watch them. One of the more big critical changes that you have is the change in family wise because you know uh, Sasami has a different father and a different mother, and Tenshi is playing as her brother. If I'm going on terms of smaller changes, well, of course, it's Pretty Sammy. That's story-wise and lore and uh, background-wise, it's completely different. But for the most part, I have to say that it's a um, basically a fun little spin-off to the Tenchi series, and in my opinion, Tenchi Universe itself. I say this because it's it seems more of a play on the um, time and space episodes, and. And like like Chuck said, I will say that the whole high school aspect is kind of offsetting. I mean, sure, we saw it in other incantations of Tenchi, like Tenchi in Tokyo especially. But for the most part, it's still weird to see it, especially at a Sasami's, from Sasami's standpoint. In, in uh, watching to, uh, the OVA and, of course, the TV series, not, the, not exactly the second one, it... it, it it follows the dynamic with the different characters, especially in the TV series, of course, because there's more characters to deal with during during school. But I would just say that, for the most part, those were the main changes, and it was more or less a fun spinoff to already set ideas. Well, it's actually one of those real little things where my opinion of it changes from incantation to incantation of the Pretty Sammy concept. With the OAV, it was just like straight up coming right off of the heels of the Hoshi special, and it kept a nice little dynamic that was unique to it, and the fact that it was parodying but paying homage to the Magical Girl series, but also keeping a little bit of the fun and a number of the characters, not all of them, but all the characters of the original Tenchi series. Now, when it actually came down to the one that we're not mentioning, well, that's when they tried to make it more of a actual Magical Girl show, and I did not like that. It was just offsetting. So I really don't want to talk about that one. I actually made it three episodes in before I said, forget that. 
But yeah, this the Pretty Girl series, Magical Girl Pretty Sammy, definitely one of those little things that really does add a little bit of how should we say, like a distraction, so to speak, from the actual universe series that it's being spun off from to a point where you can comfortably watch it without going, there's just too much different here. The Magical Girl Pretty Sammy series is actually one of those uh, guilty pleasures for me. I enjoy the hell out of it because it is, as others have said already, very over-the-top, very, very hammy, but it is delightful and fun. It ha- it's, takes itself with a grain of salt. It does not, it's not trying to be serious in any way, shape, or form, which those who originally watched this in Japan watched it after the Moshi special, which itself was hilarious and not taking itself at all serious, as opposed to the first series of OVA where it was very serious, fairly a good chunk of the way through, especially at the end when fight, facing Kagato. So coming off of that, to have something that's completely diametrically opposite, where you have all the same characters in ba- with basically the same personalities running around having wacky, fun adventures, it's, it's just a fu- fun little ride. Now, the characters themselves change very slightly. In particular, in the OVA, you have Tenchi still stuck between Ayake and Ryoko. Ayake is still the pr- the princess of sorts. You have uh, Ryoko still the rogue of sorts. But as others have said, it's set, set in the high school setting. So Tenchi's been recast as, as Sasami's older brother, which arguably is how she sees him anyway. You have Ryoko and Ayake. Actually, are, neither one of them are related to Sasami at all at this point. They're just other students in Tenchi's high school. Then there's Ryooki and Tsunami. They get recast as the, as the magical from the, the people from the magical world from Jirai Helm, which for all intents and purposes is dry, but for the most part, their char- their personalities don't change. There's a few changes with with Tsunami, because Tsunami ends up being much more kind of a bubblehead. She's kind of ditzy, as opposed to being the grand Megami goddess of the universe who created everything. She's just actually just another candidate for queen, arguably. She's essentially taken Ayaka's original casting. Um, now, this changes to the TV series, where Tenshi, Aik, and Ryoko, for the most part, actually kind of get wiped away from this family dynamic completely. And all you have is Ryuoki, uh, Tenshi, and the her and Sasami's new parents, Chihiro, and I forget her father's the massive, awesome, badass's name. But the rest of the characters, for the most part, carry over. Washu's still the smart, smart woman who's running is in, in a school. She's a professor. She still kind of mother hens the others a little bit. However. Later in the series, in the TV series, you have Ike and Ryoko both pop up, but their names have been changed and they've been recast in a very, very significant difference. Ayaka has become... It, she actually kind of retains that princess air because she's another, she's another option for the, for the queen of Dryhelm. And she's in a opposition to Tsunami and Ramiya as well. And then you have Ryoko, whose personality has been mostly written over. She's actually more like Kamidaki Arazaka. She's more like a knight now, uh, as opposed to being a rogue. She's not really fighting the system and being as uh, brash as we're so used to her being. She's she's actually much more of a guard and a royal figure, which is, again, different from her original casting. How do I feel about these changes? In the OVA, there's not much difference. They're the characters I know and love, and I'm enjoying the ride. Um, in the TV series, it's so over the top that I actually don't care that this that the characters have changed. Some of the characters have changed dramatically, especially some of the roles they've been put in. Because, uh, for example, Oreo, the Ryoko ver- variation, that kind of fits. I can live with that, and she's still adventurous, and she's still in the middle of the fray. Romeo, on the other hand. You kind of wonder about how this is going on. Some people have mentioned that it's connected to the uh, universe storyline that's connected also to the sound file and the, some of the CD dramas where they have all the parallel universes. But one wonders if this is based off of, say, Mahoshi's um, view of things or possibly even Sasami's view of things. Casting Ayaka as a villain like, uh, like this kind of raises a question as to how, the, how those characters actually view her in the prime reality. One of the uh, biggest changes that I found, or that you know, jumped at me right away, was the change to Ryooki going from female to male. And not only that, but he can now talk in Cabot form and looks radically different than she did in the Tenchi series. And 
that was I, I thought that was actually really cool. I liked I like the dynamic that they were trying to go for and the rest of the characters I've I've only seen the OVA one episode of Magical Girls Club and a few you know, a few clips from Magical Project S and I would definitely agree or uh, what was said earlier that the atmosphere is more oriented towards uh like a high school uh anime even a little bit of a magical girl show you can see how they build the characters like ramia and uh pixie misa as the foil to tsunami and pretty sammy and the ov i don't think the ova has it as much because it's kind of like the segue between tenchi and it being a full-out magical girl show so a lot of i don't want to call them tropes of the magical girl genre are there but you definitely get that feel uh, as you watch through and you kind of see that they're trying to do the best of both worlds. And as far, you know, and as far as changes go and whether or not I like them, I mean, I thought they worked very well. I thought that, uh, there was nothing that really was out of place. I never felt like you look at me, and you think, well, would me fit in this context? Absolutely. You know, again, being the foil to Sasami and then Pixie Misa and Pretty Sammy, it just nothing felt out of place. Everything felt like it was intended to be there, and I thought it was cool. I, I, I enjoyed, from what I saw, I enjoyed it. Pretty Sammy, like most spin-off series, introduces its own original characters, the most notable examples being Ramia, Rumia, Misao, and Pixie Misa. What do you think they added to the Sammy universe? Well, first off, I will say that Ramia was an excellent addition to make a an essential villain to the cast to the uh, well to the to the protagonist I should say in the uh, OVA in particular. Another thing that I would like to point out is with Rumia being her brother, it adds in a bit more of a I guess you could say deeper than one dimensional look at the dynamic going on because Rumia is her brother in the OVA, and really you could see the tension going on between what he wants and what sh- and what she's going after. And of course, you have the enemy in there through the end cult named Makoto, who is actually pretty awesome. And then you have Misao. And Misao is an interesting case, and here's why. Misao not only plays an interesting shy girl that turns completely into a French-speaking fighting print not princess, I should say, but fighting magical girl, but in fact, it's the reason why she has more of an envelope to that darker side is because of her past. And her past is actually rather interesting and dark, which is something that they play on more in the TV series. Now, this was something I personally like to see because every time Rumia came in in the shape of a raven, she would always be scared or something would come up of a flashback. And seeing as her father was a traveling musician, whenever they played music, in the record store, and she would recognize it. It just really hit it home for a character that had a very troubled home life. And, and you know, and then if you're going into the Pretty Sammy series, you, of course, have Romeo, who is basically Romeo's sister or of relation. And essentially, you get to see a new side of Romeo in that series because Romeo basically screws her over. And really, the characters that they have and added into the series is what really pushes forward the conflict, even though it may be a bit more of a parody and Pretty Sammy TV being more of its own standalone magical girl show. The the characters and their backstories, as well as what their intent is, has really really drives home the uh, conflict that starts in both series. There's a couple new characters in the Pretty Sammy series that. Like you said, Dagon, they they don't they don't seem out of place. Uh, whereas some in other times in the Tenchi in, in the Tenchi shows, we've had new characters introduced that their introductions haven't gone very well, at least with the fan base, and they they don't really seem to fit in with the cast. For the most part, that's not the case with Pretty Sammy. I think I'll start with Misao slash Pixie Misa, and the differences between those two characters, even though they're one and the same, is night and day, and so are my feelings about them, honestly. I thought that Misao, being the stereotypical shy, quiet girl, was, I mean, it's she's a sympathetic character, all right, but I never really had any reason to care too much about her, but her, her, her quote-unquote 
evil uh, magical girl counter Pixie Misa, on the other hand, I, I found was much more entertaining, and I enjoyed her time on the screen a lot more. She uh, spoke in garbled French and was much more of a an interesting and active stage presence than her her normal counterpart. So I, I enjoyed her addition, especially to the show. As for Ramia and the other Dryhelm people, I thought they... they Again, they fit very well with the new reimagining of Jirai. They were they were good foils to Tsunami, and it was nothing special. They were the were the the meddling antagonists. But you did you, I like the uh, the family dynamic between her and her brother Rumia. She was always sort of picking on him and abusing him, but in the end, she still usually went to side with him and protect him when uh, he was in danger or his his feelings were hurt. But of course, she's in the end game. She still has her eye on on the throne, so it's it's an interesting dynamic on her end, and I I, I enjoyed her her part on there. I, it's it's going to sound weird, I know, but my favorite new character added was actually uh, the mother of Sasami and Tenchi from the uh, Pretty Sammy OVA. I just loved how crazy she was, and she's pretty much for those of you who haven't seen the show, she was uh, like a karaoke store owner, so she's pretty much the most ridiculous, breaking out into songs every morning and going crazy over a new uh, karaoke machine and, and stuff and I, I thought she was by far the most entertaining and zany of the new the new cast added to the show and I just I just enjoyed that in the character because it fits so well with the mystique of the show that is just goofy off the wall craziness and she fit in perfectly with that so that was, that's my take on the new characters added to the pre Sammy franchise Chihiro Kawai. She is just so zany, like a combination of Mahoshi and one other person I can't even think of at the moment. The fact that she just busts out in karaoke at any other time that you can possibly think of, with the tune that she's singing being featured on the U.S. album for Tenchi, which had a track tracks from the OAV, the Pretty Sammy OAV, and Universe, I believe. Yeah, it was... I can't remember it off the top of my head, but yeah... Her singing that just at random, along with Kenji, the father, just being a what I want to consider a slightly toned-down version of the teacher from El Hazard, which I'm going to lead into again with Pixie Misa in the dub for the OAV. I kind of love how you guys are always talking about the garbled French and stuff, and how she always has these nice little love-love monsters all over the place. With the spread out French, it just brings back to mind the Bugram from the English dub for LSR, who were, in fact, speaking a garbled version of French, which I absolutely loved how they carried that over from one series over to another on the English dubbing aspect of that. That was a nice little touch that you don't really often notice unless you're actually paying close attention to it. Now, the other characters like Ramia and Rumia, I just love the hell out of them because not only do they add a nice little villain dynamic plus the family dynamic between the two of them with Rumia, see Rumia being the father of Ramia, etc. Also being like a reflection on Sasami and probably her relationship in the main Tenchi series between probably herself and Ayaka or any of the other members towards one of the others. That was also a very nice touch, just rolling everybody up into... Just those two characters like they did with the female character in the 2007-2008 the movie The Departed. Something similar to that effect. And I know this is not really a new character, but when it comes to the dynamics presented to him, Ryo Oki, considering his role in the Fracking and Speaks, it was kind of interesting how you were going to try to take a known character who just meows, eats carrots, and flies around in a spaceship and mucks things up from time to time, and turn him into a character that actually presents some form of, I don't want to say moral compass, but uh, wisdom compass to the growing heroine of the television series and the original video animation, along with potential love interest as he as we see in the end of the OAV, has a little bit of a crush on Tasami, but doesn't outright state it. Kind of like that. They tried to bring in the male, I don't know what to call it, the uh, the somewhat Sauron 
from Cardcaptor Sakura into Pretty Sammy in that particular form. Other characters are a little toss away, but I can't really remember them off the top of my head. Like this one character in the television series, once more connecting into El Hazard, little pink haired girl. I can't remember what the hell her name was off the top of my head, but she admits to being a cousin of a guy who was in high school who's <clears throat> trying to be class president and all that stuff. Well, we obviously see that it's Jedi and just very, very awesome. So my two bits on this are that most of the character, most of the original characters that were introduced fit very well on most, most people, as you can see from the previous in speeches that everyone else, essentially the fandom pr- pretty much likes these characters fairly well. Uh, Rami and Rumia fit fairly, fairly well. They, you, they, you could believe the two of them were on Jirai and could easily be foils of Sasami and Ayaka if you set them in the Prime Universe, so to speak. One other thing that I found rather interesting, and it kind of sets with what Makoto said a moment ago about the dynamic between Sasami and Ryooki, is that they have the exact same dynamic, between, or almost the exact same dynamic, between Rumia and Misao. Rumia and Misao, in the second, second episode of the OVA, actually shows that Rumia has feelings for Misao and doesn't really like having to turn her into Pixie Misa all the time on her, on his sister's orders. This also crops up or in the last episode of the OVA when Ramia has her mind wiped and is missing. Rumia starts getting worried about her, so he goes, picks up Misao, apologizes for doing this to her, but realizes that this has to get done. In the TV series, when, here comes some spoilers, uh, when Misao actually finds out that she is Pixie Misa, and she realize, makes that realization. It's Rumia actually has to do some damage control and convince her that she's needed she, at the end to defi- defeat Romeo, that she has to take up this, this alternate mantle and accept that that is half of who she is. Uh, throughout the TV series, there's a lot of uh, psychology with Misao, Misao uh, with her dual personality, and is there the whole time, uh, both being her the instigator, but also being someone to try and help her cope with being with being two different people, having these two different sides of herself. As far as some other characters are concerned, uh, you actually get to see uh, Yosho, Katsuhito, Nobuyuki, and Achika in an episode where you have this East versus West theme park. And I'm not going to go too deep into that, but they, you get to see them and in, in cast in a different light. I, in, I say them as, di- as new characters because while they use the same character designs, their personalities and the relationships are, di- are radically different for the most part. And also, they're, what they're doing in, this, in that ep- particular episode is away from what they're used to doing. Uh, similarly, you have Tenchi crop up for an episode uh, in the TV series. Only one episode. In the OVA, he's there as T- Sasami's brother the whole time. In the TV series, he's only there as a film student who's trying to make a, believe a, a Sentai series, uh, trying to make a movie. And Sasami has a crush on him for an episode, and then he has to go back to work, and she, and she just kind of is a little brokenhearted, but realizes she needs to move on with it. So you have several ca- appearances by other, char- by other characters. You have Oreo, who is a, Ryo- is a co- copy of Ryoko. You have Romeo, who's a copy of Ayaka. Chihiro is a, is a off-the-wall, bat crazy lady who's running the CD shop. You have Keone and Mahoshi, who show up as, as, work- as her workers. They haven't changed much. But the one character who stands out in my mind as probably my favorite character throughout the entirety of Pretty Sammy's existence is from the second episode of OVA, Biff Standard of Standard Soft. Yes, they have a Bill Gates ripoff trying to take over the world with, with Ramia in the second, second OVA episode. And everything about him is a complete parody of Bill Gates. Uh, how he's trying to standardize the world. He has a standardized programmers, and he's trying to build the world standard. Even if he has to drop the moon on the planet, he will standardize the world and make everyone the same so that everyone will be equal and everyone will be using his software, which is even more fun because in that episode, Tenchi, as Sasami's brother, has to get new operating system for her computer, her, for their mother's computer. So they go out to Akihabara, and while, which is, for those of you who aren't, aren't aware, Akihabara is the uh, essentially computer and electronics mecca for the Japanese. 
he get he gets in there, has to go underground and do all this late hacker stuff to get a get a uh, or underground black black market channels to get a copy of Mock System Eight. Uh, yeah, it's still Bill Gates fighting Microsoft, and even after Sasami beats beats him, he's still. I can still standardize the world with love. He <laughs> is such a hilarious parody. Him and Chihiro are pretty much the the same character as being over the top obsessed with whatever their uh, whatever their preoccupation is. He was hilarious, and that is actually the one episode that I, whenever I want to introduce someone to Pretty Sammy. I always show the second episode because everyone understands exactly what the hell's going on. Pretty Sammy has had a number of incarnations over the years, like the OVA, which is Magical Girl Pretty Sammy, Magical Project S, and Magical Girls Club. Which one was your favorite and why? Out of the three series, I definitely would have to say it's probably Pretty Sammy TV. And I say that very lightly because the OVA comes up about a hair short, even if that. And the reasons why, one, Pretty Sammy was drawn out a bit more and had a lot more time to characterize. Two, even though we didn't see awesome characters, and I should have mentioned this earlier, thanks, and Pi brought it up, Biff Standard, you, you still had the awesome dynamics that really made up for it, like with Rumia and Misao, and you even had her in Confliction, and of course, and I'm a personal fan of this, seeing a dark Ayaka, it just, it, that's just a sell for me to see that kind of thing happen. With the OVA, yeah, you had, for one thing, you had Ryo Oki, who was a lot more, I guess you could say, awesome in the OVA series, whereas not so much, in my opinion, with uh, Pretty Sammy TV. And one one of the last things I can say is with pretty with uh, the Pretty Sammy OVA, each episode was a lot long yeah they were long they were ovas of course but it tra- it was uh more or less the plot needed to be more extended which is essentially what pretty sammy tv went and you know that and even then with that they went over the top with it and that was just something that appealed to me magical girls club i cannot say anything about because i cannot finish an episode but i think that applies more to a uh different demographic i mean it may apply to the same but i just cannot get past it and Putting that out of the question, it definitely has to be Pretty Sammy TV with the OVA directly behind it. Well, I'm always struck by how very similar all of this sounds to the actual Tenchiverse. I mean, here, picture this. The main series consists of three OVAs, and then there's a television spinoff that retells the OVA story, and then there's a second spinoff that radically changed the art style and gets a lot of crap from fans. Sound familiar? It's almost an exact mirror of the actual Tenshi uh, franchise in every way. That being said, my favorite of them all is always going to be the Pretty Sammy OVA, because it's the only one that they use the same dub cast from the original Tenshi Muyo cast. You get to hear Patria Burchard as Ryoko, and Matt Miller as Tenshi, and Kate Vogt as Washu, and it's just, it's just so much fun being able to have more it, it really is more tenshi and so when you get to the end of of the tenshi ova series and universe in tokyo and you want more of that original cast feeling no there's nowhere better to go than to pop in the three ovas of pretty sammy because it's all the magic is still there and it's it's very much a product of the tenshi muyo franchise while at the same time like i said earlier it's sort of poking fun at the magical girl genre that was at that time exploding in japan but it, it has the f- same fun and and awesome feel of the tenshi muyo franchise plus the original voice casts from the tenshi muyo franchise i mean sold it's always going to be the ova for me unlike chuck i'm actually a little torn between the oav and the tv series mainly because of the voice casting themselves yes i love how Pioneer got everybody in on the OAV, and as much as I love the TV series, a little bit more than the OAV story-wise, of course. The one thing I don't like about the TV series is the fact that they just, when they released it stateside, it was sub-only. I was a little disappointed that Pioneer 
decided not to try to bring anybody back to do a dub English dub version of pretty magical project s for the states now if they had done that I would probably give a few more points to magical project s over magical girl pretty Sammy OAV and to an even far left field extent the Mahoshi special but in this case it's like OAV is good in its own merit and the first series is good in its own merit but when we're talking about Magical Girls Club which I actually said two or three episodes into I came to this little realization about it not only was the art style changed but they actually changed the demographic to something of more of the little girls like actual little girls versus people who were watching Tenchi at the time and this was not made alongside if they had somehow tried to make a connection with Tenchi OAV3 or hell even GXP I would have probably been okay with that but the, this new series just tried to restart everything over and rechange the demographic that it was I don't know what to say about that to be honest with you and I don't even remember the manga version of Pretty Sammy so I don't know if we can really count that at the moment but definitely a big tie in my personal opinion between the Magical Girl Pretty Sammy OEV and the Magical Project S TV series. Well, I can only speak for the OVA and the TV series, the, the Pretty Sammy TV, uh, Magical Project S TV series. Those are the only two that I've seen in their entirety. I've actually not seen any episodes of uh, Magical Girls Club, so I currently have no opinion on it other than to say that the art style makes me kind of uh, cringe mildly. But anyway... As far as the TV series and the OVA go, I'm, I'm much like everyone, several others here, I'm kind of torn between the two of them. Much like the difference between the first series of OVA for Tenchi, the first six episodes uh, of the OVA, and the Tenchi Universe story arc, the two of them basically tell the same story, one's more, more drawn out than the other one, six, 26 episodes versus six. Uh, with the Pretty Sammy OVA and, the t and its TV series, respectively they're basically kind of the same feel you have the same the basic idea running through both of them one's basically the retelling of another one although at the end of the uh, magical project s tv series they throw a, a bait and switch with you and by switching out a new villain at the very end so just changing it's changing the end of the end game of the story slightly story-wise i actually say that much like the others have said the Magical Project S TV series wins uh, the my vote because, well, it takes the same story but drags it out and explains all the characters and tells you much more detailed what is actually going on and why they're doing it. The OVA series, on the other hand, is just pure fun. It is not only poking fun at the, at the Magical Girl genre, but it's still, as others have said, much more Tenshi. It's more Tenshi that, that, you've, met, that you've missed, that you've loved, that you've grown up with. Now, unlike most of the others, I've watched most of this all in uh, Japanese with subtitles. I love Petraea Burchard as Ryoko. I love Jennifer Darling as Aieka, particularly. And I love Matt Miller as uh, Masaki Tenshi. But listening to him in Japanese as well, listening to Ayurakasa as Ryoko, Yumi Takada as Aieka, and Masami Kikuchi as Tenshi... It's still the same cast. Actually, through all the series, it's still the same Japanese cast. And one thing I love about Misao in particular, when she switches to Pixie Misa, instead of speaking French, she speaks she speaks actually garbled and bad English. So that's one of the actually one of the cute little facts between the between the series as far as when they dubbed it was when they dubbed it they still made it a quote-unquote foreign language that's halfway familiar, but hearing Misao scream out, Unbelieve! Or, I shall return! Uh, in bad, high-pitched, magical girl English is hilarious. It's actually kind of sad, though, as others have said, that Magical Project S did not get a dub, because not only could they get back the original cast, but they could actually do some of the same linguistic tricks that they played in the OVA when they dubbed it as well. But as far as I'm concerned, there's much like I have with the first series of Ova for Tenchi and Tenchi Universe, to me, the two of them are stand pretty much on par. As far as Magical Girls Club is concerned, again, I haven't seen it, 
Uh, I'll probably force myself to watch it eventually. But as Chuck mentioned, it does kind of follow the same trend of changing demographics. You have an OVA series that people say is godlike. You have a TV series that is debatably on par or right or right na- right next to or above the uh, OVA. And then you have this third TV, the second TV series where everything kind of goes weird. With Tenshi, that's got a similar feel to it because from what I understand, and this is, again, what I've heard, is that the OVA, of course, came out. They wanted a franchise on it, so they made the TV series, which is basically the OVA redone. They wanted to do another TV series, but they wanted to try and hit a different demographic. Much like with Magical Girls Club, everyone said that they were made for it was made for little girls. We're talking like eight, nine years old or so, or maybe younger. With t- with the Shin Tenshi series, the Tenshi in Tokyo TV series, from what I understand, they were going for not only a younger demographic but a female demographic as opposed to male. Most of Tenshi, most of the Tenshi franchise you notice is kind of a shonen feel, kind of a harem feel, which is more more applicable to a male audience. When they made Shin Tenshi, they kind of did the same thing. They switched it to a female audience instead, focusing more on the relationship with Sakuya and Yugi and what have you. With Magical Girls Club, it's very likely they tried to pull the same thing and it just did not hit off. And while Shin Tenshi has its fans, it, yeah, I haven't heard many people who have said good things about Magical Girls Club. It seems like it's kind of the the lost lo, the lost daughter, so to speak, of this franchise. I will have to say, far and wide, considering it is the only series in the Pretty Semi franchise, I will have to say that the OVA was my favorite. Though I have seen, like I said, an episode of uh, clips of Magical Project S, and I sat through one episode of Magical Girls Club. You know, I really enjoyed the humor. You know, that was one thing that really jumped out. It's very slapstick, but it's not like Tenchi in Tokyo where it just throws it in your face. You know, there's one instance in, I think it's the first or second OVA episode, where Aika makes a remark about the length of Ryoko's skirt, or about her attire, and Ryoko ends up pulling up her skirt in a mocking fashion and says, here, take a look. You know, classic stuff like that, that is in the vein of Tenshi, but it has its own type of humor, has its own feel. And of course, being a Ryoko fan, I would have to say that I never, I never thought that one of the best most heartfelt moments in all of Tenchi between Tenchi and Ryoko would end up in a Pretty Sammy series. I'll never, I'll never forget that third uh, OVA episode where they're in the cave, and I'm thinking to myself for the first time as I'm watching it, you know, holy shit, are we actually going there? Like, how, how did I miss this? How did, how did I not hear about this series, or why did I not pursue it? And like it's been mentioned throughout the cast so far, the OVA is kind of like the segue between Tenchi. And Pretty Sammy as its own entity. You, If you come into it off of Tenshi, you never feel like it's something that you have to put yourself through. It's ve- it's very comforting. You've got all of the main cast. Uh, if you're a dub fan, you can watch it completely dubbed. And the first episode has all of the original cast back. Every episode after that, uh, Mihoshi and Kione were replaced by who they would be replaced by uh, after the first movie, which was Wendy Lee and uh, Rebecca Forstadt. But... It's good, but if you also want the, uh, if you also want to see a little bit more from Sasami, you get that. And then, if you want to go further with it, you can go watch um, the TV series, which I would say is because it being sub only is probably maybe a little bit harder to get into for some people because you don't have that familiarity. If of course, if you're a dub person, if you're a sub person, there's no, there's no discrepancy there. As far as it not being dubbed, I will have to jump in and say that I don't think that. With the Pretty Sammy OVA, it's simple. It's three episodes dubbed, no problem. And there's a lot of uh, what you would bring in as far as Tenchi fans. But much in the same vein as Duel, you would really have to push it forward. And I think I think that Pioneer were smart enough to realize that this show would have to stand much more on its feet away from Tenchi than the OVA would. Especially considering how easy it was to bundle the OVA with the Mahoshi special. So... I would, would I have loved to have seen it dubbed? Would I have seen it already if it was dubbed? Absolutely. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. But I per, I can't blame Pioneer for not dubbing it. As far as far as Magical Girls Club, like it's been said, I think that it's almost unanimous among every single person who's watched it that it's kind of a flop. Like I said, I sat through one episode and I knew pretty much as soon as I heard Washu that I was done. Like I was not coming back to this series. Uh, although I will say there was one line in particular that was that made me laugh was there was i don't remember if they were talking about me sour or not 
but there was Sasami and her friend, and they were walking after school or to school, and somebody says to Sasami, or I'm sorry, Sasami, if we're watching the dub, she says, don't get too close to her. You might catch the emo. I, I chuckled at that. That was pretty funny. I will definitely have to say my favorite was the OVA. Compared with other Magical Girl anime, how does Pretty Sammy stand up? Well, with this question, I'd have to say that originally, and like it's already been stated, Magical Project S is essentially a parody of sorts to the other um, Magical Girl animes that came out during that time, albeit uh, Sailor Moon in particular. Then it developed really into its own kind of thing as it went on, and you know, with the OVA, it was more Tenchi associated, and that's one of my reasons of loving it. But then with Pretty Sammy TV, it really took off into its own direction. Some people say more so with Magical Girls Club, but then again, it, it's kind of flopped, as you said. And it appealed to a different demographic. In essence, I would have to say that it stands up pretty solid, or it did at least back in the 90s, whenever it was a lot more prevalent. I mean, it, w- it was feeding off of the revenue that was coming in for the genre itself because of its huge explosion and with the creation of pretty sammy tv i and it was taking on a new beast entirely into a whole new concept kind of getting away from the tenchi roots while still keeping the hints there i'd say that it would stand out pretty solid but if you were to go by the ova standards it probably would not match up to other things of sailor moon i mean granted it didn't match up to sailor moon at all with the tv series itself but it still had a more firm standing once it got into its legitimate TV series. And through that case, all, all it comes down to is I think it stood out pretty solid. It may not have gotten the extreme explosion of success that Sailor Moon did, but it, it still stood out pretty well on its own. Well, I'm just going to say this. If you're looking for a show like Sailor Moon or Card Captor Sakura, Madoka Magica look elsewhere because while it definitely is technically a magical girl show the OVA in particular is much more it's much more in line with the feel of Tenshi and the TV show which is more on the magical girl side it just it doesn't live up to the other examples that I just listed because in those two in those other examples you had a whole lot of time and money being thrown into the production of the series and you really fell in love with the characters and were invested and not that you didn't hear but just there wasn't enough time and there wasn't enough love given to this show in the production period to really have to produce a product that was that can rival the sailor moons and madoka magicas and card capper sakuras of the world so it doesn't really stand up very well if you're going to compare it straight up with other magical girl animes but I don't. I, like I said before, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is this is more of a fun outing in the Tenshi world than it is a straight-up magical girl show. And if that's the way you approach it, then you'll be fine. But if you if you if you want a really good magical girl show, look elsewhere. Well, the one thing, one problem I'm having hearing people saying is they're they keep on describing Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon. No. This is not a group of magical girls fighting evil by moonlight, winning love by daylight, never running from a real light, never running from real fights. No, this is the girl in middle school who, by happenstance, comes across a magical little animal that turns them into the little heroine at night to fight the evil monsters that someone is sending out. That is definitely the most direct parody to Card Captor than other Magical Girl shows. Now, the one thing I will have to say, though, is now I'm actually bringing Sailor Moon into this. She, Sasami is not running from a real fight. Pretty Sammy is not that. This is definitely something that was made as a parody to basically the main girl, Magical Girl shows that were coming out around the time. Madoka not being one of them, as that was more of a recent development. This was the Pretty Sammy. This was Pretty Sammy is the Hardcapper Sakura. It's that it's that's what it's pairing, but it's also paying homage as it is still set within the te- the entirety of the Tenchiverse in one way, shape, or form, made specifically for the fans of Tenchi Muyo and nothing else. 
That is what I love about the series because not only does it maintain the whole magical girl aspect on the one half, it maintains the Tenchi aspect on the other half coming together and basically becoming a nice, happy middle ground for everybody to enjoy. Who's coming off this from actual Tenchi Muyo? I can only, unfortunately, I'm not a big aficionado of uh, Magical Girl anime except for Sailor Moon because that's the one I've actually watched almost all of. Comparing the two of them, how does it how how would it stand up? Um, I've also seen a little bit of Card Captor Sakura, but not a, not a lot to say much about it. But comparing the two, Sailor Moon to say Pretty Sammy, they are different. They are different, pretty different series. Although I feel that Pretty Sammy stands on its own. It has a rock solid plot. It has uh, characters that you can very much get into and fall in love with. Uh, they're characters that you actually start feeling for. I reference, again, Misao's uh, plot throughout the entirety of uh, Magical Project S, as well as what's hinted at in, uh, in the OVA as well. You have characters that cr- crop up. You have a lot of cameos. Hell, one cameo that I ran across the other day, today when I was re-watching it, is in the crowds of Akihabara. Amagasaki actually crops up, and I dare anyone to go find him. But it does have that feel of Tenshi Moyo. You have the same car- character designs. You have the st- same art style as Tenshi. You have the same relationship troubles in, as Tenshi does in the OVA in particular. And the Magical Girl, uh, Magical Project S series doesn't sit, have that as much. It has, it's much more towards middle school. You have relationships between a bunch of uh, eight-year-old gir- or eight, ten-year-old girls are essentially arguing, and it's much more Monster of the Week. If you think back to the way uh, Tenshi in to- Tokyo was made, it was made, I think, concurrently or in the same, or around the same time as uh, Tenshi in Tokyo was. The two of them came out about the same time, and Magical Girl, Magical Project S, kind of has that same feel. In Tenshi in Tokyo, you had kind of Monster of the Week feel very early on, where you had these uh, characters, character monsters coming up for one episode, then getting off by Tenshi and Company. You have another one come up the next day, off until you get to near the end when you actually have to face the big bad. And you had you had Yugi and her three generals. Which wait a minute, that sounds familiar. I argue that Tenshi in Tokyo is closer to being a magical girl show than uh, Magical Project S is. Magical Project S, you have the monster of the week for a while, for a while, but eventually then you end up having to fa- face face Pixie Misa, then Romeo, and story ends. With Tenshi in Tokyo, on the other hand, you have Yugi, then you have Hotsuma, Matori, and Suguru acting as her proxies throughout the, th- throughout the story, trying to break up the family, trying to break up the relationship where with all these characters who are in about their 19, around their late teens, early 20s. So I, I actually think that Tenshi Tokyo is much more of a true Magical sh- Girl show, and Magical Project S is, again, more the, more the homage, more the parody, more of uh, let's poke fun at the things. In fact, Sasami, you say, actually acts opposite than Usagi does in Sailor Moon. Uh, same thing is, again, she runs into fights, what have you. Several times when things that would be normal in a magical girls show would happen, like an animal talks to her and hands her magical baton, Sasami looks at her, looks at Ryuoki and goes, "Really?" And or this, or she'd say, "This is bloody ridiculous. Who would ever think about doing something like this?" Sasami herself seems more of the one who's commentating on everything in this show and saying, "Well, that can't be possible. That's that's ridiculous." It is much more of a parody until closer to the end when things get real. If anything, I still argue that in Magical Project S and Pretty Sammy Ova, the two of them are more of kind of Sami's commentary, not only on the Magical Girl franchise and Magical Girl genre, but also she's commentating on her own relationships with the, with her family members in the, in the Misaki house, which you kind of have to have the overarching view of the entire franchise to understand what Sasami's commenting about, especially when you have things like Tenchi running in between Ryoko and Aika and getting slugged by both of them. Honestly, if you're coming from the perspective of a Magical Girl fan, then there are definitely better Magical Girl shows for a number of reasons. Over the years, I've seen Shugo Chara, I've seen two episodes of Precure, I've seen Madoka, I've seen my fair share of Sailor Moon from Toonami, I've seen Princess Tutu, which, funnily enough, uh, Pixie Misa looks very close to one of the characters in princess tutu named rue but if you're looking from a magical girl perspective all of which were better than sammy because 
like it's been stated, they were all very much intended to be Magical Girl shows. However, I will say that if we're looking plot-wise, Princess Tutu and Madoka have semi-beat straight up. But if you're if you're looking for something more along the lines of Pretty Sammy, uh, Magical Project S, and even Magical Girls Club is a lot more vanilla Magical Girl show. There's not it's it's very straightforward. It's very cut from the cloth, if you will, of uh, Sailor Moon, which is of course the time period that it essentially evolved from. But Sasami, Pretty Sammy, Magical Project S, all of which are parodies. They're not intended to be. Essentially, the audience is not the same. This is very much an audience of Tenchi, you know, with Tenchi in mind. Uh, I think that, again, with Magical Project S, they attempted to bring in a different demographic. They attempted to go full out and maybe catch some of the pre-cure money that was coming in, you know, maybe try and uh, ride a different set of coattails, so to speak, but... Obviously, that didn't work very well, as we don't see any sequels. Compared with other Magical Girl anime, in the binary definition of the question, it doesn't really compare. There are definitely better Magical Girl series. If you're if you're talking about a series in general, I think that Sammy absolutely stands up. I think it's definitely something that people could get into, and it's very something... Uh, it's, it's a special, unique series, and it has the Tenchi flavor, which I think gives it its own, uh, its own unique stamp surrounded by so many other series and it it being the parody in a lot of ways that the others aren't with that we're pretty much done does anybody have anything they'd like to add yeah there's actually one thing i'd like to note um along the reason probably pretty sammy didn't really stand up as much and i was just looking this up is in addition to sailor moon you also had card captor sakura being a big thing at the same exact time along with sailor moon and saint tail so you have the market in Japan being inundated with a number of magical girl series, and you're really, if you were the average person who was into magical girl anime back in the mid 90s, and you had all these little series popping up, which one are you really going to be going with? Now, that's the question you have to ask yourself. If you were the serious Tenchi fan at the time, you probably would have gone with Pretty Sammy Magical Project S. If you were with Saint Tail, you would have gone with Saint Tail. If you were with Sailor Moon, you would have went with Sailor Moon. If you were with Cardcaptor Sakura, you would have went with Cardcaptor Sakura. That was the big thing. That, that's really the re- But the thing is, those were all primarily, as we've already established, marketed towards people of fans of the Magical Girl series. Magical Project S, Pretty Sammy as a whole is meant as a supplementary parody homage to both Tenchi and the magical girl genre as a whole. I'll just add one cool thing that I thought really speaks to what we were speaking about before, about how the OVA definitely has a Tenchi feel to it, as well as an El Hazard feel to it. And that's probably because the original story concept from uh, Hiroki Hayashi, who worked on OVA 1 and El Hazard, so it's, it, it, there's a reason why <laughs> why it has that really good Tenshi and El Hazard feel to it. Thanks, guys, for coming in and talking Pretty Sammy today. If you're a fan, subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on iTunes. And be sure to check in on discussion at TenshiForum.com. Until next time, stay gold. Stay <laughs> gold.